Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm Juaniala, and welcome to Actors with Issues. Each week, we bring you interviews with actors from across TV, film, and Broadway, taking many deep dives into their careers and getting into the successes, the struggles, and of course, the issues that they face as actors. That's enough about us. Let's dive into the episode. Today's guests are two hosts, podcasters, and reality TV lovers, and here to talk with us about their podcast, Reality Gaze, and gush over the latest season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. It's Jake Anthony and Matt Marr. Jake, Matt, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Juan. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having This is, it's audio, so I always say this is Matt or Maddie, so they know <laughs> whose voice is who. I think it's also video, so you should have prettied up before. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm happy I'm wearing a Wonder Woman shirt. I'm... The- <laughs> I, I'm the straight one. If that's what the voice. Well, that's a, <laughs> well, if you if you unless you thought it was actually a woman uh, coming on, and I'm and I'm poodle, and it looks like I'm sitting here there in my kind of half revamped dining room with boxes behind me. Just looks like I'm squatting somewhere. Um, but but you know what the tr- the trash can is quite prominent. It's quite so. Prominent. <laughs> Thank you for having us, Juan. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We'll we'll be still, we'll stop being crazy. (laughs) Uh, You know, again, thank you guys for being here. Um, We've been chatting for the last like 20 minutes or so. And, you know, I know we're going to, we're going to get into it. Uh, But before we do, before we dive into reality gaze and and RuPaul and everything, uh, we always start with a quick rapid fire round of questions. Uh, Just throw some this or that, some other questions your way. Uh, So Jake, we'll start with coffee or tea. Coffee. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, film or TV? uh film why <laughs> sorry i was asking i was asking why coffee you're from the south you should have said tea no i like coffee <laughs> uh jake drama or comedy drama <laughs> that's matt, what they call me in college or- <laughs> <laughs> i'll stop uh, matt horror movie or rom-com rom-com uh jake what is the last show that you binge watched uh hacks i'm caught up now good choice yeah uh matt what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh uh clue that is my favorite comedy of all time oh wow (laughs) this is why we're we're getting along yeah (laughs) uh jake what's a movie that never fails to make you cry (laughs) um (laughs) this is gonna sound really pretentious i've got a lot of them because i um the uh, I'm, I mean, it's gonna be a tie between Remains of the Day with Anthony Hopkins and uh, and uh, Emma Thompson or Atonement, which I it, weep, weep in, weep Anything at. with Keira Knightley, Jake's anything. Tie it's a period movie <laughs> where people like looking out of windows and longing. Anything <laughs> with that, and that's what I love. Um, Matt, if you could guest star on any TV show, what would you choose? Like running now or of all time? Running now. Running now. I would love to be on, oh, I just, I blank, uh, Young Sheldon. I would love to be on that and do a mm-hmm. scene with Annie Potts. And uh, Jake, same question. Guest star on any TV show. Oh. Uh, I'd be a judge on Drag Race. Good choice, yeah, though. Honestly. I'd be a judge Good on choice. Drag Race. Yeah. And uh, for both of you, uh, favorite reality show of all time? Ooh. Oh, it's. I, I'm gonna say. I, I will say this. This is. This is not. This is not a kind of hard answer. But I want to do a head answer, um, and you can do a hard answer. Uh, the real world, because it started it for me, and mm. it made me think about reality television in a completely different way. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I think. I think. I would either say the real world or as far as like competition shows, like we all talk, we, Jake mentioned drag race, but like we have to go back and thank project runway. Cause when project runway happened, it was, it was event a, television. We, we used to be roommates at the time with another, another girl. And we like, it was destination television that we sat down to watch every But week. we were gay. So maybe it wasn't yeah. for everybody. No, I don't <laughs> think my brother and his football no. team was watching project runway. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They're like Survivor, (laughs) which is a great show. It is. It's still running today. You know, all these shows are like sort of iconic and definitely like tentpoles in their own sort of genre of that sort of like wilderness adventure reality and competition. And the yes, would you say that shows like the real world definitely like started it for like 
what the modern depiction is of reality TV? Or which um, show would you say that did that? There, the first reality show that people talk about uh, kind of was An American Family on PBS. And it was, mm -hmm. it, it literally was this kind of examination of this family. Cameras came into their house and uh, the Louds, but that was their name. The surname was Loud. And there was a, a guy named Lance Loud and he was gay. And this was back, I want to say this was the 80s. Yeah, or maybe even late like 70s. That. I think it was early late 80s. 70s, actually. Like yeah. 79, and it 81. it was a huge deal for a character to be, that people didn't know gay people. And for, for a gay man to be on television and living as a gay man. Um, and I believe he died of AIDS in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Lance did. Uh, but yeah, actually, we're both wrong. It's even earlier, 1973. Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's that that was kind of the first. I think where reality. But if you look at the most recent, I think probably the real world. And I yeah. think what made what made reality television explode as far as cringe reality, which is what we have a lot of today with the Kardashians and just cringe reality comedy shows where we watch. That was the Anna Nicole Smith show, and it's still. I can still watch some of those episodes and that that was the beginning of without 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 Anna Nicole Smith there would be no Kardashians. Yeah, cuz it really like was Anna Nicole was first but then came like this. I remember I remember people like my aunts who weren't reality show people saying things like, "Oh my god, are you watching The Osbournes and The Jessica Simpson?" That was show? the other one, yeah. And I like both of those shows were kind of at the same time. At the same time as like American Idol. So we were in this whole like new reality, but I remember going, "You're a woman from Southern Oklahoma like in a Baptist church. Why are you watching Jessica Simpson and The Osbournes and you love this family?" It was so just mind-boggling to me and that to me was when i was like oh this is a thing now and uh what is it about reality tv that you guys think draws in people so much because like some of these shows pull in numbers that like a lot of scripted shows can't that have these like bigger budgets bigger marketing budgets and all of that they just can't like i find it I so mean, astounding how many shows like uh, in, in the scripted world, especially on like the big four networks, mind you, primetime TV is not what it used to be in terms of like numbers, no. you know, like uh, you see these shows that like cost millions upon millions of dollars to make and they don't go past a season or they like don't even finish their season. They get pushed to streaming. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd rather give the ad dollar to someone else. Like what, what was the show La Brea? that I would like to talk about you know, where they where they were yeah. like the big the giant cavern sinkhole that, or something. Yeah, yeah. That literally opened up right here where I live. <laughs> It would have swallowed Poodle. It would have. I would have been down there <laughs> just like died. drinking a vodka soda, saying hey to a pterodactyl. You would have. Um, that, and that, that and show that, just that, went away, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I went. think it was. It came and went. But think about how much and a show that we cover, Night Day Fiance, which is made on a shoestring budget that sometimes looks True. like it was made on a flip phone. Um, True. That's like always beats everybody on Sunday nights. It's the highest rated but show football. for women. In cable, yeah, highest rated show and, on cable, and it's like you're you're exactly right. I'm sure that network execs spend all this money, and they're like, ha, "This sucks <laughs> that that we're being beaten by um, uh, a scripted, an unscripted show yeah. where that costs almost nothing." I also think reality TV did a better job in the beginning, maybe not in the best ways, not in the most like PC or uh, affirmative way. But as a as a gay person, for me, uh, and Jake, too, and us growing up in the South, kind of where we weren't seen a lot, reality TV is where we first saw ourselves on television. And in scripted, scripted didn't really, and I know that, you know, in a dis diversity aspect and as an actor, like, you know, when I first moved here 18 years ago in acting, I went out a lot more because they were just casting white people. But reality TV wasn't. They were... Yes, predominantly, but they were still having much more diversity in reality shows. And scripted just honestly took a long time to catch up to that, I think. Mm. No, that's For true. Sure. Yeah, because of shows like um that's it's not a it's not a great really affirmative show. But think about a show like Bad Girls Club. Mm -hmm. Uh 15 years ago, it was a terrible, terrible show, but at least the casting, or even like I Love New York. Uh, Tiffany yeah. Pollard became a star. <laughs>
Yeah. And uh, and you're right. That was it may have not been the most affirmative, but at least there was a diversity in casting. And also even like body positivity. Reality TV was giving us bigger women who were confident in their bodies, whereas mm -hmm. scripted was just giving us, you know, twig women. And so it's just it, yeah, that's what I that's why I think people relate so much to reality is they see themselves in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they see who they don't want to be at the same time. So there's a schadenfreude and I'm glad I'm not them. Yeah. Um, there is a, there's a hate watching phenomenon that happens. Yeah. And the show that we do right now, Night Day Fiance, they're having a season right now where they just picked a rogues, a rogues gallery. Um, especially this season, especially this last episode, the women have really, really just really shown their worst possible sides. And mm -hmm. so a lot of, and because of most of the community who watch Night Day Fiance are women, it's easier for women to hate on other women. And so the, the, the watchers are having a field day with the, with this cast. And I'm, I'm curious what sort of the origins were for, um, for the show. Like, how did you two meet initially? And then how did you decide that you wanted to start the podcast reality Gaze? We were it was uh, 1958. <laughs> it basically was, it was. So we were having dinner with our friend, Madam and um, the pub Waylon, Waylon and Madam. And, and Madam, Madam <laughs> said, you boys should do a podcast. That, that's a very old gay joke one. Well, no, Raja um, did. Raja was just on Drag Race. Yes, Raja just did it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, we were, we went to, uh, to school together in Texas and we knew of each other, but it was a big school. But then we started teaching at a summer camp. I together. didn't know her. Mariah yeah, Carey I didn't style. know her. And so we uh, we became when you're two gay men teaching at all girls summer camp, you need to find your squirrel friend to go you out. You got to have for somebody to go out off. with. Yeah. And get and messy. And luckily, Jake and I are sisters and we don't have the same type. So we've never fought over men. So we were perfect to that go helps. out with one another. Yeah. And then I moved out to L.A. to pursue acting and comedy and improv. That's what I was really interested in. And uh, so I did that. And then about a year later, Jake moved out and um, and we were roommates with another woman for about 10 years. But then from that developed. Jake and I started doing a theatrical show called Cabra Gay. We would do it once a year to kind of raise money for some type of LGBTQ cause, but it would be very, Jake and I were very heavily influenced by Carol Burnett, I Love Lucy, Mama's Family. Old, um, old style sketch shows. Old style mm -hmm. sketch show. Yeah. So we kind of, this is what Cabra Gay was. It was taking these sketches and um, I, I mean, ironically, I mean, we were talking about drag race before, but Jake and I did a whole Cabaret Gay show based on fairy tales and us kind of doing these body versions of fairy tale characters like they did. Mm. Um, and so we just did that. And then we were, we That's just right. kind of- We did that before they did it. We did, did it. that before they did. We really did. Uh, they you stole were, our idea. You were a very slutty Maleficent and you kept making horny I jokes. I was. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I- uh, I was interested in podcasting. I was doing some stuff before, but then we just both sat down and said, how do we put this in a podcast? And that's yeah. kind of where I remember that conversation. Yeah. And yeah. so we sat down and how do we do this? And that's how we developed. We sing our own theme songs for the podcast, but also as, as actors, as more theatrical show ponies, we kind of, we took in a lot of, you know, we, we cover these shows as recaps, but I think what makes our show different is we do a lot of, reality gaze theater in the podcast reenactions so, impressions and it's just um, all improving of just situational improv of sketch and so we take the suggestion i've used <laughs> quote fingers from the show and then we just kind of play on that yeah. and make it our own our versions of the scenes are always better and usually more homoerotic than <laughs> than the ones that are on the show. Oftentimes we have what we call one secret scenes <laughs> where sometimes our televisions get fuzzy and we talk about what happened in, in the versions that, so when two men are fighting, all of a sudden they, in our versions, they might kiss. They might, or know? more, but this is a family friendly podcast. But this is one, family so we're friendly, not gonna, so we're not gonna we're go not gonna, into that. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, I think we're, what we're doing is, is adding a lot of theatrical elements because both of us, like Matt said, we are we are people who love storytelling. Mm -hmm. And uh, the show, you're not only going to get, when you're listening to our podcast, a recap, 
you're going to get us going into a thousand different directions about uh, people we remember from home and or, or mentioning celebrities and hoping they're not dead. And then shockingly, they die the next week. Uh, we're sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. We <laughs> killed Betty White. Sorry. Oh, not Betty White. Yeah, we, we did, did mention her. We did kill. Um, who did we kill? It was a male uh, celebrity. I know. Not, we, not Ray Liotta, but um, we did kill someone. We did. I, I mean, know. literally, we said their name. And then two days and later. They, they, and they, they it's a joke it's, now in our Facebook happened group. happened like four times. Don't mention so-and-so because they're going to die. <laughs> Um, and I'm curious with sort of with your journeys as actors and doing theater, um, what have been some of like the the lessons that you've learned along the way, whether it comes to how to handle show business in general, sort of breaking into the industry um, or just sort of anything of that matter? What comes to mind? You know, I think that's a great question because as a podcast host and someone you're you're basically doing voice acting the whole time, even if you're re straight recapping a show. Um, we do a lot more theatrical, you know, uh, uh, you know, playing out scenes and things like that. But I think a lot of it has to do. If I would, if I would say one thing is free, that acting transfers over is authenticity and commitment to a character. Um, mm -hmm. I think we are we're playing ourselves, obviously, but it, it, you're you're always going to be you're always going to be thinking how can I be the truest version of myself? But who knows, but it's, but it's like everything. You're always, you're, you're, it's always a little elevated. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think that comic timing, definitely knowing how to tell a joke. And, uh, and we, I think both of us get that. Obviously we, we went to school for it and we learned and we took acting classes, but um, uh, we, we all knew stillness on the punchline, you know, things like that. Uh, but we learned a lot about how to tell a story from our relatives and yeah. our parents and cause we're both Southern. So they know how to tell stories. And also we've but, known each other for 20 years. Yeah. So almost. So I think it's just having that. I know what I can say that will get Jake into a joke or get him excited or whatever. And he, and vice versa. As we were talking about drag race before, um, I'd love to dive into this current season. Cause this is actually the first season of the show that I've been watching sort of week to week and keeping up with. Um, I'm definitely like a late bloomer when it comes to um, watching Drag Race. I sort of got into it. Um, You're a baby queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than I look, but I definitely, I came out a lot later in life compared to other people. Um, so I didn't get into sort of what is uh, common in queer culture and things like that when it mm. comes to content. Um, so with this season of Drag Race, like I've been watching older seasons of like some of my favorite queens, like Trixie Mattel and Katya. I, yes. I love them, those two. Um, uh, please <laughs> tell me it. you've seen their show. Absolutely, that's exactly oh, how I got into it. Yeah, my boyfriend introduced great. me to uh, and and oh. we're actually seeing them uh, live when they come to New York later this year. Talk about two queens who've known each other and pick up on comic talent and pick up their they have their comedy down. Yeah, and they it's do. genius. What a rapport. Yeah, You're very smart. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to this season of of All Stars, you know, they've there's always twists and turns and all of that. But with this season, we sort of got it at like the very beginning uh, with how they're eliminating the queens instead of them usually do, like pulling the lipstick and eliminating each other. It's nope, we're changing the whole. There's a scoring system now. Mm -hmm. um, Legendary so guys, legend stars. Yeah. So what did you guys <laughs> think of that twist of putting that spin like at the very top of the season? I loved it. First of all, I'm so glad you came out. It's happy pride. So one welcome. <laughs> um, um, I, I thought it was so smart because what it's done for me with, so Jake and I, again, we started again, drag race was like, we grew up going to bars in Dallas and Dallas is known for its Queens. Like it's very, it's a big, big, big queen city though. It, mm. I just want to say in LA drag Queens in West Hollywood weren't a big deal as much when we came out here it was a lot of gym Queens and bod men's bodies. And so drag race really changed that a lot for Los Angeles, I have to say, but not in Dallas. So, Anyway, we Mickey's like, Mickey's used to be the only place you could see yeah, drag queens. Yeah. Um, like on Mondays. That was the was, only place in Los Angeles where you could see drag queens. I only say that because Jake and I are old school where we started like season one. And I highly recommend if you for Oof. people, if you've never done it, go back and watch 
because then you can appreciate someone like like Raja is probably one of Jake and I's like all time favorite two. queens ever. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm just so glad though that they did that because all these queens are so stupid talented. We get to see them all play <sighs> every week and none of them are going to go home. So I think right. it's, that's the best thing they did about this uh, for me is that that stress of not going home is kind of yep. freeing them up to be just, I keep watching this season and I laugh and I go, this is stupid. This is just stupid, but it's that beautiful stupid that Jake and I love. And honestly, I kind of think we need right now in the world. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a level of talent that I think if you did do the lipstick eliminations, you'd be letting go of people and it would just be too much. It would be too much to let go of of anyone there the first week. And I think they were probably storyboarding this and thinking, how are we going to do this? And someone's like, we can't, we can't kick people off like this, especially because there's only seven of them. I want to say seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Kick someone like the Vivian off in the first week. It's the Vivian, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I think this it had to be this way um, mm. and it had to be uh, that way they can all be winners in some way. No one ever gets kicked off because they're all they're always going to be all winners mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in this case. But I think I, I agree with what Matt said about going all the way back to season one and see that ridiculous Barbara Walters filter that they had on that first season. It was something else. Oh, and also and when when you can later on, after about the in the beginning, things were a lot messier and the queens were making their own clothes. Nowadays, they are all get their clothes made mm-hmm. and by designers. And when they do have a challenge, like a couple of weeks ago, where they had to make their stuff for the ball, that was really interesting because there would have been some queens who could not do it. Jinx said, I don't sew. So I'm going to glue this dress together. Uh-huh. And she did it, you know? Yeah. And uh, we're currently uh, watching for the first time uh, All-Star season three, which is the one with Trixie Mattel. Yeah. And, um, similarly, um, uh, Bibi from the season one winner, she similarly did not know how to sew so like and it's always nice to see like the other queens sort of like rally around each other and like help each other because lord knows that if it, if this season was sort of like a normal season where like if you bomb you're out then yeah. maybe that wouldn't have been the case where i think it was trinity or vivian that like went over to help trinity uh, trinity yeah who went over to help like put the dress together and the judges ended up loving it they you know there yeah. was it didn't look like it was sort of just like held together by hot glue it's it's interesting because they in certain seasons like the last season there was nastiness in the workroom mm-hmm. uh, especially between diabetti and uh jasmine uh but you you this is such a different workroom and such a different environment where everyone's like we we know everyone is good Mm-hmm. And and everyone's just having a good time. So maybe that's what this new version also did. And no that, one's going home. So there's not this pressure that I'm sending you home. It's right. like, you're still going to be here and I can still win. I, it's just, it's very smart. It's it's why RuPaul's Drag Race keeps winning the Emmys every yeah. year because it's a, it's very smart. I yeah. think it's also a level of respect. They, yeah. they really respect everyone there and all the queens respect each other. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that they've that they've talked about, especially watching Untucked when they're sort of in the in the workroom again after, or uh, wait uh, during uh, right after the runway and sort of just chatting. And they're, I feel like every week someone has said like, "I just love and respect you all so much. Like you're yeah. also dedicated to like the craft of drag and the art, the artistry of it." And it's so refreshing to see because, like you said, in, like in past seasons, especially like the, the regular show, there is still sort of that cut. Why is she here? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. so it's very nice to see sort of like the winners again, sort of like rallying around each other, supporting each other and really being like sisters, because that's not always the case in like the regular mm-hmm. show. I, I almost prefer all stars for that reason. I'm like, I want to watch someone. I want to watch like people kill it. I don't want to <laughs> watch the drama. <laughs> well, the good thing about all stars just period is, um, it's just people are there. They've done it before. So mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have it. That is the beauty of all stars is that you see Queens like, 
Trixie or, or somebody that comes back uh, and or Chad Michaels, even someone who like you see how much more they are relaxed in that new, that setting that they just it's not new to them. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's and, and kudos to Rue and the producers who because they also know who's coming in, they specifically choose challenges that they know are going to make everyone look as good as possible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's the, the thing that I keep, I'm still just gooped by, to use a drag race word, is how good the Snatch Game was. Oh. And if you compare that Snatch Game with the one of season 14, which actually resulted in a lip sync Rala Perusa because it was the worst Snatch Game they've ever had. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, God, that Snatch well, Game was. I think it's a juxtaposition of, and no tea, no shade, but there's just, you, you, uh, Mon, you are a little younger than us. I know you said you look older, but still, when we, <laughs> I'm 29 yeah. years old. When we were out looking for boys and all that, there was no grinder there because we didn't even have a smartphone. I think I moved to LA with a flip phone. So <laughs> when it was 2003 and RuPaul's Drag Race came on not long after that. So you said there was no Instagram or social media or anything like that. So, and it was basically these queens, there weren't look queens. There really weren't. No. Because you had to have those performance improvisation. That's what drag queens were. And yeah. so it really wasn't until Instagram came Instagram about started look queens that we had these like, like Georgia's and stuff like that, that are she beautiful. She could dance though. She could, could dance. dance. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm just saying it's a different skill set. And I think season 14, we had a lot of look queens. We did. And that snatch game just bit them in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, let's dive into this most recent edition of Snatch Game. Um, so they had to do not just one, but two different looks, um, which uh, Bob pulled out the last time that they were on the show. They did uh, they did Crazy Eyes from uh, Orange is New Black and Carol Channing <sighs> without telling anyone. <laughs> uh, so I guess they saw that and said, you know what, let's make everyone do that. <laughs> uh, so with that, we had um, the Queen's doing Leslie Jordan, Mike Tyson, Prince, Judy Garland, Madam, as you guys said before, the boogeyman, Satan. Who stood out to you guys? I mean, we I feel like sort of across the board, lots of people think or, or lots of people agree that uh, Jinx completely stole the show. But uh, who do you guys think? Who else do you think like totally it, stole the show? It was an embarrassment of riches, though. You're yeah. exactly right. Like Jinx was doing Judy Garland. I had to keep watching it because of, of just the commitment. And if you ever watch those performances, she even had like pulling the mic cord. Nailed it. Like, and all that, it was just so detailed. RuPaul was dying because she got all the jokes and a lot of it, the Queens get it because it's a shared experience of making fun of things. And, and then like Trinity's Satan was so funny because it was just so off the wall and it was just her dress. Oh my God. But, and I, it, even the Mike Tyson was great. Even, yeah, even Monet's so Mike Tyson. I think what was funny too, for me about that is that's a bit of, I, I love Trinity's because again, being from a place where Jake, uh, Jake and I both have talked about this on our podcast of just being in kind of, um, I would use the word maybe an oppressive religious society yeah. where we came from for Trixie to say, I grew up with that and I'm going to turn it on its Trinity. head or Trinity. I'm sorry. And make, make Satan just quote gay as hell. <laughs> and so I, I, I appreciated that. And for me, I did not expect, I, I realized I have a new goal in life. My goal was honestly, one of my personal goals was just to be somewhat famous enough to be a, dr- a judge on Drag Race. Cut to never mind. Now, after seeing Trixie do Leslie Jordan, now- Trinity. <laughs> I, oh, golly, I can't talk. Seeing Trinity, this is what happens on a show. This is the podcast one. This is the podcast. <laughs> seeing Trinity do Leslie Jordan, I went, I now want someone to make fun of us on a snatch game. I would that I would just roll over. I would dig my grave, get in it and say, I'm <laughs> We're done. done. I'm done. I made that it. was so, so funny. Yeah. But we would have made it. We would, but it's it's even it's interesting. I I don't know if we would ever be gay icons in that way because 
We do have gay fans, but well, most of won't. our fans are women. <laughs> they, are, they are women. Most of our yeah. listeners are women. Uh, are women. But that's just it. We're, 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 I don't think we're subversive enough to be gay icons in that way, but who knows? It's great. It's great history too, because I it wasn't for me because I, we weren't old enough to remember Madam, but honestly, people back then, like gay people saw themselves in a slutty puppet because that's how little <laughs> gay representation there was. Yeah. And obviously the guy that created Madam was, was a was a gay man. And so, and if you look up old Matt, like that Madam was huge. She was on the Judy Garland show. There was the a sitcom. Show. Yeah, like- Madam had her own sitcom. Yeah, so it was just, it was this vehicle. And so it's, I, I hope that like people look at Raja and go, what is that? And like, I, I, I guarantee I who, you people Googled Madam that night. A lot of younger people. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know who the woman from Vogue, I didn't know who that was. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so it was just such an education for me as well. Yeah. I'm curious what you each think of the, and this has happened, I feel like almost every Snatch game, someone says that they're doing an impression of a particular person, but they're instead doing a character that person played. So yeah. in Monet's case, she did Martin Lawrence, but really it was a character from the Martin Lawrence <laughs> with the big nails and the the, the braids. Shanene. Yeah, Shanene, yeah. that's what it was. And then um, the Vivian was Catherine Tate, but it was her character, Nan. And it wasn't necessarily Catherine Tate because Catherine Tate's like in her 50s and has this gorgeous red hair, but she was her granny character, Nan. So I'm curious what you guys think of that sort of thing. Like if you, if you commit to the character or the actor you say you're doing. I think you know? that, that's more of an ex, exp, it's explaining so people can understand mm -hmm. uh, more than anything else. I think, I, I think if, people, if they had said Shanene, they really wouldn't have known. And I think they're trying to, also I think they're trying to get around the rules a little bit because they mm -hmm. know they have a decent impression of a certain person. So they can say, this is Martin Lawrence instead of Martin Lawrence doing a character or Catherine Tate doing a character. Right. I, I think that the judges are ready to be, because doing impressions and coming up with a whole physicalized representation of someone is very hard. And, yeah. and it's a skill and it is a specific skill set that comedians need to have. A lot of drag queens these days are not comedians. They all used to be. Like Lip Sinka was a comedian, mm -hmm. is a comedian. I'm sorry, I just I should not kill Lip Sinka. Um, please don't, please but, don't. Or Lady Bunny is a comedian. And so all these older queens, you had to be a comedian as well mm -hmm. as Lip Sync. Well, so, and really female impersonators back in the 60s and 70s, it was, they you, had to be, you had to be an impressionist as well. So someone like the what the Vivian can do was kind of like the standard back in the early, early days of, of uh, again, what they called female impersonation. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I just want to add to that. No, no, no. I was just going to say that I... I I think it's let letting them have their cake and eat it too a little bit. But I, I agree it's it's a little unsatisfying sometimes when it they'll is. be a character. But yeah, I mean if, yeah. if I would say I was being Carol Burnett, but I wouldn't I would be Eunice. Eunice. Or, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, so yeah. Uh, it's especially uh, was a little bit of a bummer when Monet did such a great job with Mike Tyson in the first half of the game and then sort of went and was a character of an actor. Um, but regardless, this was like, you know, I'm sure a lot of several people have said like, this is like the best Snatch game. Oh, in Royale. And definitely like, yeah, it definitely oh. was like the best of the best. It was insane. That Prince yeah. was ridiculous. It was not Prince, <laughs> but I laughed so much. It didn't matter. That, that queen, uh, Jada has an, a certain improbability just to be funny when she doesn't know what she's doing and she's yeah. inadvertently funny. Uh, and it's what got her to snatch game all-stars or to the yeah. two, uh, winner, all-stars winners. Yeah. That's what got her there. It's yeah. a look over uh, there moment. Oh God. Yeah. And in the so most good. recent episode, uh, they did sort of spoofs of the many courtroom shows that we've seen on TV over the years, um, with fairy tale justice. Um, so the two the two sort of uh, groups were or the two uh, cases rather was uh, one was based on Goldilocks and three bears, uh, and then the uh, or that one was called was it she already done had hers is was that the one was yeah 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 mm -hmm. 
Um, for, in that one, it was um, Monet, Jada, Trick, uh, Tr- I'm sorry, Trixie, Trinity. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah, you're getting... my fault, girl. Uh, it was Trinity, Monet, uh, Jada, and um, Evie Oddly. So of those four, in that case, of the three, uh, the three little pigs, who do you think stole the show? I haven't seen uh, that one. Wait, you said yet, Trinity? So I think Trinity was in the second one. She was the witch. It, it was, was Jinx. A, it was Jinx. Jinx. It was Jinx because Jinx was, Jinx was such a standout in that. As you know, what's something I love that this is on Paramount Plus, and it's the same version I love with the UK version that we don't get in the the US uh, version. It just makes a difference that these people can cuss and just have a. But <laughs> really, it really be, does because drag queens are. The drag queens say and do things that we say in our head that but we're but society tells us we can't and yeah. there's a sex positivity to that it's something jake and i that's why our show is body because we do that on purpose to be that for other people to and so who don't feel like a, they can be it's such a better show and they're able to be so much more free with their comedy so to see to see her and Jada be these nasty little pigs that, and to find out that they all are just wanting to bone the big bad wolf. It just, it was, it was like, yes, this is what we knew this fairy tale was all about. And I actually, the most impressive I'd want to sleep with the wolf. I, hey, Evie Oddly is trade. Whoa. Oh my God. This season? <laughs> this season has the most trade. Yeah, Evie, but no Evie this season. I don't. Oh. I, I make me. She makes me feel things. But but <laughs> that actually was the most impressive to me of that is I expected, I expected the the three little pig ladies to be great, but to mm-hmm. see Evie like really commit, like when Evie hiked his big bad wolf leg and started licking himself. I I haven't seen that yet. Now I'm gonna have to watch it. So like he like puts his leg over the (gasps) like the the podium. So flexible. She's so flexible. And he starts like licking his crotch like a dog would. It's so funny. His version of the big bad wolf is so similar to his boogeyman from Snatch Game. Yeah, but he's also like a pimp also. So he has like that swagger about him. Oh, and so it's pra- a good the furries are it. the furries are having a field day. They're so I'm so glad they brought Evie back. This. Evie's I'm so wonderful. glad they brought like, her back. She's yeah. so good. It, yeah. They're all and then I love even that Rube got in on the act and does a post interview. Yeah, and then like Dobby. We, yes, <laughs> like, it an looks elf. like Dobby the house elf. <laughs> and then and it looks ridiculous, just like wearing a a, a, a crappy suit and like basic flip flops. Like I love that's what I kind of <laughs> love about this season is they're like, we're 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 not even winking at you. We are laughing with you at this. Right. And I guarantee you, if you ask them, it's probably the most fun they've ever had in a drag race season. But um, the they're had. I'm going to say Trixie now, but it's not even Trinity. It's Jinx is yeah. talking. And when her ear falls off, <laughs> her little pig ear, her she pig loses. ear falls off. And Ruth's asking a question. And she says, I'm sorry, I can I can't hear you as well. Now you have to speak up. And I just <laughs> fell out. It's just <laughs> beyond it's beyond yeah that's sorry was Jake, the, ruin it for ruin it for you it's that's so good comic that's just the comedy and um with the uh, so the other case for this uh episode or the for a fairy tale justice was um it was yeah, it was goldilocks it was it yeah was goldilocks and the three bears three bears um, yeah yeah so for that one it was um trinity as goldilocks and then the three bears were um no, not Trinity. It was uh, I can't believe Vivian. I remember because yeah, it was the Vivian, Vivian as That's Goldilocks, and then it was uh, that there was, was Shea Coule. Uh, Shea Coule was a bear from uh, from so who said she lived in Bearback Mountain, and then uh, <laughs> and th- there was Shea Coule, and then there was um, who was the second one? I'm thinking of Trinity, but who was after? This uh, is Shea the blind Coule? leading the blind. It He's is trying blind. to come up with yeah. stuff. But Trinity was actually the witch. So this was like more of a, this wasn't as clear. It was smartly done, but it was more kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different storylines. Uh-huh. And to me, I, so I was a big fan of, I still am a big fan of UK drag race. I honestly, except for maybe this all-stars UK drag race is, is my favorite iteration of drag race that I've watched. And I've watched all of Canada too, which I love, but UK there's a much more camp. And so I'm a Vivian fan, like full stop. It it just, if you haven't watched that season, 
what Viv the Vivian did in that UK snatch game was kind of on a jinx level of amazingness. Mm -hmm. But um, well, she was Trump, right? Is that yeah, what hers? she was Trump, yeah, and she was, she was the best Trump I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, but also to see the Vivian do like four characters in one with these accents and and kind of but what was so funny about it is you see people on these court shows say there's something and then they totally get called out about it and they they turn so it was based in a realism if that right. makes sense of like an identity thief of an, yes of an identity thief and it just was so smart and but stupidly wonderfully done it was just it was great yeah and i'm, I'm one curious. of the best shows on television yeah. oh absolutely and i think it's definitely sort of putting um you know uh Paramount Plus in a lot of people's homes if they didn't have it before. Oh yeah, uh, because yeah. of the show because there's nowhere else to watch it and it's it. There is, and, yeah. I, and I love that it's very smart of of RuPaul and and Paramount and the producers to also have Untucked on there be, and the whole idea of like if you're not watching Untucked you're not getting the whole show mm -hmm. and Untucked really is a sort of like candid conversations of the queens backstage and all of that. Um, but I'm curious with all of these amazing performances in the season so far who do you see like sort of point and score system aside who do you see as a front runner hmm. for me it's jinx hmm. i i would say it's either going to be jinx or i think trinity is going to really come hard for it um and i think she'll continuously try to keep showing up and being doing her just working and working and working to be the best um that my other the the wild card might be monet for me i agree yeah yeah sort of top three i definitely see um i think for me wild card would also be evie oddly i feel like oh she's yeah sneaking in but again they're all so good like i they're would also all... say that the vivian could also sneak in and sort of be at the top there but because the vivian can do acting challenges but the vivian yeah. also can sew and do glamour and serve a That's look true. challenge like yeah. and and the way the vivian beats her face is like it's like raven level it's true yeah. it's such a true and we can by the way they got me with the raven reveal i totally oh, thought Raven at the beginning yeah and i thought that was such a good nod in that everybody thinks raven won her season of drag race because right. raven is just such a next like i watched jake and i watched from the beginning i forgot i went oh wait she didn't win yeah, and it's like, and then who, they said, you're going to have to leave now. <laughs> I know. I wish they would have said, because someone has to do Rue's makeup and it has to be, you, <laughs> you know, you know, that's yeah. what Raven does. Yeah. That's yeah. why she won Rue the Emmy for it. Way. She won yes. the Emmy for it. It's just kind of like, but it's like, we all think Raven won. And every, but if you mention Tyra, people go, who? We <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tyra. Uh, Boy, what Bay, is Tyra? Or not Tyra. Bay, Tyra what, what's her Tyra, last name? What I is, don't even know. I think she just went by Tyra. I think it was just Tyra. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so, gentlemen, before we go, uh, we always end with a uh, final round of quick questions called Now That We Know You Since We've Gotten to Chat uh, for a bit. So, uh, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I, I mean, my first, my first uh answer that is sad but uh, <laughs> i i would be oh can't believe i can't believe i'm saying this i'd be a lawyer which is gross but i it love is. the idea of of and not of, even like a lawyer who does good things he would no, be a, I'd be a lawyer gross, for money yes because i'd like to argue <laughs> with people for money <laughs> he'd be a defense attorney or a prosecutor that i can nail someone uh, metaphorically can't, you can't sleep with your clients poodle true <laughs> um i i for me i think i would be mine's just as like boring but i i really enjoy teeth i think i would have could have been an orthodontist and you enjoyed to put that. your hands in people's mouths oh i don't mind i don't i don't mind <laughs> I, I like moving the teeth there and like like one you have a beautiful smile so you, you oh, either had a you. good orthodontist or just lucky i did i had a great orthodontist thank god <laughs> yeah uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh, you know, one, I, a lot, but one, I will say, actually, I think it's originally Eleanor Roosevelt, but I think RuPaul said it, but it's something that's echoed in my, especially as Jake and I, there's a different thing of when you're an artist and then 
we're not the most popular, but we have had success and we've had listeners and we get so, but this idea of what Ruth said is said on the show, what other people think of you is none of your business. That actually mm. was a freeing comment to me. And I think as an artist, that's so important of we can't create in a bubble because then you're not really speaking to someone, but at the same time, you have to just follow your artistic heart and go with that. And every time Jake and I've, Anytime Jake and I have covered a show in the past because we thought we should cover this show because it'll give us a lot of listens. It, we hate it. It Joyless. doesn't do well at all. But anytime yeah. we follow our heart, it always, there's a payoff in all kinds of ways. Um, I think I'll quote, and it's been said before, I think I'll quote uh, my father um, who told me, if you love what you do, in his voice, if you love what you do, friend, uh, you'll, you'll <laughs> never work a day in your life. Um, and there, there, that's not always true. We, I, we have definitely worked, but it does help to feel like you're where you're supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. And it keeps you wanting to do. I've, I've been very lucky as been a musician and been in the arts my whole life. And I, I, I'm very, very fortunate. Uh, and so I've never felt like life is a drudgery sometimes. So that's, that's been, been lovely. And that's what I've kind of followed that from my dad. Yeah. And uh, lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young artist? Hmm. <laughs> Trying to count to 10. Um, <laughs> I would say, if you're gonna move to Los Angeles, um, Save your money. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's, that's, that's what I think that's have some money saved up. Why yeah. don't you just tell them to take fountain, Betty Davis? Take fountain. <laughs> uh, but I think that's, I say that because I think people, Los Angeles, especially people just think that the net will appear, you know, you jump in the net. It's, it's ha, be, you can be dreamy and, and, and have, have dreams, but remember you have to pay your rent. Mm-hmm. Just, just remember, remember that. Uh, yeah. I would also tell people to, I'm mean, using this as more than 10 words, but I would just say, um, let, let authenticity be your guide. That's what I would tell, tell everybody, tell actors and everybody. So true. So true. Yeah. I, and I think for me, it would be just create something and you will be fulfilled. Yeah. And because that's the perfectionist monsters that we always have. I think that's something that Jake and I both are, you know, the more Jake writes musicals and he's an amazing pianist and we're both singers and, uh, and classically trained and musical theater. And so I think, and for me as well, we're both kind of now that we're not doing the day job hustle or anything, I was doing it longer than Jake, but now that we're finally living off of our art, it's given us this confidence to really jump into projects without hearing the voice of, is anybody gonna like it? Or it's not it's not perfect enough. So I'm not gonna start this now. We're just both starting to our own projects together, but also individually starting to start things that are fun and that yeah. are that for the joy of creation. Yeah, totally agree. Really, uh, to me, uh, authenticity is like one of the biggest factors um, that, you know, we have to maintain because it's such a cutthroat and competitive business, or it can be, it doesn't have yeah. to be like, there is such a wonderful sense of community, no matter where you are as an actor. And oh, yeah. if you look, look for it, it's there. Um, but yeah, and definitely yeah. just, you know, creating something that will make you happy. Like I started this podcast, um, May, 2020, cause I finally had time on my hands after working mm-hmm. myself to death and burning out like crazy before. Um, and when sort of, you know, when the pandemic started, I finally had time to like have these conversations with artists and all of that. And um, it's grown into something that I never thought it really would. I was surprised that I'd made it to 10, let alone a hundred, which we hit last month. Like it's been such a long- Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) You know, Um, to add to that, I just want to say authenticity and consistency will be your success. Cause that is true. Jake and I, uh, if you haven't read Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, you should, because Jake and I both, we showed up every week. We did our podcast for five years before we made a dime. And we showed up at least once or sometimes twice a week 
even when we didn't want to. Now, granted, we also usually would get drunk during those shows. So that, that helps. That helped the wine <laughs> and the booze. Um, but we just showed up and we did it even when no one was listening because we believed in it. And it helped us. We're gratefully made a lot of mistakes and not yeah. good stuff whenever do, no one was listening. Yeah. And do it. Exactly. Boy, <laughs> some of those early shows. I'm glad. Uh, but I, I would I would also say do what you like. I, the quote from my dad uh, helps here. But make if you're going to start a podcast or do anything in your life, don't don't do anything you are always saying, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Anything creative, if you're already doing that or to please someone else or to think that you're doing something because you should, you're gonna hate it and you're gonna resent it. Find something to talk about or to do that you love. And then you you will love to talk about it regardless. Like Juan, you love talking about this kind of stuff. So that's why it doesn't feel like drudgery to you. If I was gonna do a podcast on, on algae, I don't love that. <laughs> no. So I guarantee you, I wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, Jake and Matt, where can folks find you on social media if they want to give you a follow? Find us uh, on Instagram at Reality Gaze Podcast, on Twitter, Reality Gaze Pod, and we're on almost everywhere else at, on the TikTok and the Reddit at Reality Gaze. And the website's realitygaze.com. Yes. It's not awesome. porn anymore. It used yeah, to it be. was. It wasn't <laughs> bad. We of course started a podcast and realized the website was really bad, <laughs> sketchy porn. I mean, I'm and okay with porn, but this was bad porn. It was it bad, and kind well. of offensive, and not really appropriate. No, um, no. So luckily, we they didn't renew their GoDaddy subscription or whatever, and we bought. It. So <laughs> and we got it. We it's reality gaze. gaze. It's not porn anymore. Yeah, realitygaze.com. <laughs> Oh God, it's not porn anymore. Like anymore. <laughs> dot, that, dot, is, anymore. that is literally a tagline for us, Juan. It's not so porn just... anymore. <laughs> oh my God. And folks, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juan Yala Official and check out our full video interviews at youtube.com slash actors with issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcast every Monday. I'm Juan Yala. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.